Hi, I'm Yusuf Hassan, and you're listening to Africa Aware, a podcast from the Chatham House Africa program. Welcome back to Africa Aware, and welcome to the second episode of our Democratic Resilience series. This episode will focus on Tanzania. Alongside my colleague and Tanzania analyst, Fergus Kell, I'll be speaking to the Right Honourable Freeman Mbowe, Chairman of Chidema, Tanzania's largest opposition party. Partial reforms in Tanzania's political and socio-economic environment have been widely lauded since President Samia Suluhu Hassan's sudden rise to office in March 2021, with notable changes including an overturning of the unconstitutional ban on opposition political rallies and certain media outlets, as well as the reopening of investment and trade channels placed under strain by her predecessor's administration. Nonetheless, progress towards reconciliation and repair of Tanzania's democratic system remains incomplete. The future of democracy in Tanzania is uncertain. However, recent developments suggest that the country is on a path towards greater openness and accountability. If this trend continues, Tanzania could emerge as a model for democratic resilience in Africa. We hope you enjoy listening. The Right Honourable Freeman Mbowe is chairman of Chidema. Tanzania's largest opposition party. He co-founded Chidema in 1992 as a party based on belief in democracy and the social market economy. He was elected as an MP for the first time in 2000, representing the high constituency in the Kilimanjaro region. He was then elected as national chairman for Chidema in 2004 and ran for the presidency in 2005. He was leader of the opposition parliament from 2010 to 2020 and serves as the co-chair of the Democratic Union of Africa a centre-right alliance of political parties on the African continent. He also is a businessman with interest in hospitality, media and agro-based exports. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you. To go into the question immediately, you're right, Honourable, what are your thoughts on the current state of democracy in Tanzania, especially in the post-Bagafuli era? The Bagafuli era was such an unfortunate time in the history of our country because we experienced full dictatorship during that time. And uh, for the first time, we saw some political exile from Tanzania. We experienced some disappearances, killings, torturing, you know, unlawful imprisonment of activists and politicians. We experienced all kind of atrocities that were completely against democracy in Tanzania. But of course, immediately after the passing on of President Magufuli, Madam Samia Sulu Hassan came in. But mind you, Magufuli was from CCM party and Madam Samia Sulu Hassan, she's also from CCM party. So nothing much has been changed really in terms of legislation, to be honest, up to this point in time. But of course, the situation is much calmer. She has given more political space. She has given more civic space to people. People are more freer. We are not seeing more killings and torturings, at least up to this point in time. So I would say the situation is promising, but the changes are coming in too slow. And of course, and to this point in time, it's on the discretion of the president rather than changing the laws and legislations that would allow such atrocities to take place. And you mentioned legal change and implementation of new laws there. I think many people in Tanzania would say that the current moment is a difficult one in terms of rising cost of living, in terms of everyday challenges. And there may even be some who question what a new constitution would do 
for them in those day-to-day issues. What would be your response to those questions? That is propaganda. You see, no country in the world where every citizen is fully informed about the Constitution, even the United States, even here in the UK. Not everybody knows about the Constitution. But you would agree with me that there are political and opinion leaders in every society. These are the people who can determine on behalf of many more what a constitution or what kind of legislation is rightful for the country. So this issue that people in Tanzania are more concerned about the cost of living, of course, some of the reason why our cost of living is risen so much is because of the governance, and governance is all enshrined in a constitution. So for a person who knows, who understands, you can never neglect the constitution. A constitution will guarantee some kind of unity in a country. Unison, okay, inclusive constitution will guarantee some peace and security within the country. Prosperity of all, guarantee for justice in the country. Now, if you have a country whereby people's right is determined by the wish and will of the president or whoever is in office, that is, it's not supposed to be the case. So the constitution is paramount. In all senses possible, the constitution is paramount. Thank you. Chidema, your party may sometimes be described as an exception rather than the norm among African parties in that it takes a very clear ideological stance and places itself towards the centre-right. For you in Tanzania, as you seek election against CCM, a party who are the longest continuously ruling party in Africa, how do you balance those ideological principles against short-term electoral concerns? Just to remind you, once upon a time, there were 23 political parties in Tanzania. The fact that Chadema remains there today is the only major opposition party that tells the whole story. So we are not scared of CCM, and CCM knows that we are a popular party in the country. People support Chadema because they trust in Chadema. They know what we stand for, and, and as I said earlier on, we stand on four basic words, freedom, justice, democracy, and people-centered development. So everything, every of our policy is derived from those four words. Every of our manifesto is derived from four words. Who wouldn't like to have freedom? Who wouldn't like to have justice? Who wouldn't like to have democracy? And who wouldn't like to have human development? I mean, people-centered development. Not the development of the infrastructure. Okay, we need the infrastructure, etc. But first, you have to develop your human capital. Thank you so much for that well-rounded answer to Fergus's question. To move on to more of a regional perspective, it'd be great to hear your perspective on Chidema's or even your own vision for Tanzania's role in the EAC with regards to a monetary union, a common market, and possibly freedom of movement and labor. It is unfortunate that I'm also a politician. Generally, people will tell you the most fearful people to trust is politicians. They talk things that they they, they can't deliver. They, They preach what they actually don't deliver. Looking at the protocol of East African community, the monetary union was supposed to have taken place more than six years ago, I think 10 years ago. At this stage, according to the protocols and the timeline of the East African community, at this point in time, we should have a political federation. But it never happens. 
If you ask me, why should there be a border between the Maasai of Tanzania and the Maasai of Kenya? It's only madness if you look into that. If we truly believe that we are an economic block, why can't we copy what Europe is doing? If European Union has been able to remove the borders between France and Germany and Italy and whatever other members, why can't we do it in Africa? Because if anything, we need the trade among ourselves more than the trade with the outside bloc. So to, to be honest, I'm a believer of unity, not only unity in Tanzania. We're such a poor country. We, you know, our countries are so poor. We need each other to be able to develop. We need to share experiences and skills. Okay, we need to open our borders for people to be free to do trade. The time that you think every country in Africa, every poor country in Africa can live in isolation is only madness of the political class of our countries. We should be able to open our borders. We should be able to address the issues of monetary union. We should be able to remove all the barrier to trade, the barrier to movement of labor. The, it's, it's a pity that what people do talk. But I truly believe, Jadema, we are believers in unity and we believe the day we are in office, the day we are in power, there are many transformational issues that we have to address and act. We don't only address, we address and act accordingly. And to stay on the topic of regional actors and regional bodies themselves, we have the potential ascension to the EAC of Somalia, which has led to a question within the region, which is, how do you see the overlap between the EAC and IGAD, both of which being regional bodies? At times there are confusions. For instance, Tanzania is in the East African community. Tanzania is also in SADC. It's a state of confusion. Um, it tells you that... W- the people we have in office are not exactly sure of what they're supposed to do. Now, talk of AGAD and these other regional economic bodies, and you know, there has to be a working formula to our problems. It may not be easy for the whole of the continent to work together as a, as a trading block, but we should first try to strengthen you know, you can't talk of uniting the whole of Africa if you cannot practically unite the East Africa bloc, which is rather small comparatively, okay? And you can't dream of being everywhere, being with Egad, being with Comesa, being with Sadek, while you have not been able to demonstrate your willingness, your commitment, your political will in bringing together the immediate country that you border. So I believe in regional in these regional organizations, but our people and our leaders need to be more serious. Just to follow up to that question, I wondered if we could ask, what more could the international community, could Tanzania's international partners do to support democratic values and Tanzania's democracy? Every democratic process is anchored in the constitution. And this has been the cry of our country for the last 32 years of multi-party democracy. Our international development partners can help to give more pressure to the Tanzania government to ensure that the country gets the new constitution. Because the new constitution is not a love letter. It's a necessity. Since it's not a love letter and it's a necessity, it's the mother law, okay, that will give birth to many other legislations that will ensure that 
the country is well governed, is well united, does know where it's going. This is key. So what the, our international and the, uh, development partners should actually do to Tanzania into that particular dispensation is to put more pressure, even conditional pressure, that guys we cannot support, we cannot work together if you don't see the need for a constitution. Because the constitution is all inclusive. Everybody has an equity in the constitution. It's not the property of Chadema, much as it is not the property of CCM as a party. So if you take CCM as a political party today, they are the minority in the sense of how many people do support CCM. They may be in office, yes, and you may think that they are in office because of the popular support. They are in office because of the rigging of the elections. Now, these things should be stopped because if the country cannot f- find its own foot to ensure justice is done to all people, all the people, then development is definitely a questionable issue. And to bring it to an end, a question that we ask every single one of our guests is in relation to African agency. At the Africa program at Chatham House, we believe that that isn't just about African solutions to African problems, but African solutions to global problems. My question to you, Right Honourable, what can the world learn from Tanzania, in particular in relation to how the country has developed over the last couple of decades? What can the world learn from Tanzania? Well, we boast of being a peaceful country, but I will look at it from a different angle. We are a fearful country. Our people cannot stand up and raise their voices because of the systematic oppression that has been going on in Tanzania and you know, suppression of the voices of the masses. So you can have millions of voiceless people and consider your country is peaceful. It's not peaceful. It's only that people have been oppressed to the level that they cannot raise and cry. But yes, there's something to learn from Tanzania, nevertheless. With all being said, the Tanzanians are loving people. We are good loving people, that is for sure. But again, Tanzania is not an island. It has to work with the global community. It's, this world has become a, it's a village. It's a global village. So Tanzania will learn from others, much as others will also learn from, from Tanzania. We need each other to survive with this new planet. With this new planet of, of, of science and technologies, you cannot live in isolation. The times when people used to preach about sovereignty of a country and they can think and close their borders, it's long gone. People will connect to your people. People will connect to your country whether you want or you don't want. So it's a question of how do you adjust yourself to the current need of the world? The world is flying. You can't walk. You got to fly as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope to welcome you back on the podcast soon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Asante sana. And that brings us to an end of Africa where we hope you've enjoyed listening. Please do subscribe to us on the platform you're listening to us on and do leave a review as that will allow others to find this podcast easier. I've been your host Yusuf Hassan. Goodbye.